This episode of Sharing Life Lessons is sponsored by Unidragon. Are you looking for an amazing present for your family, your friends, your relatives, or your coworkers? Well, look no further. Unidragon wooden puzzles make presents with a wow factor. Unidragon is the biggest producer and seller of wooden puzzles in the world today. The colorful animal puzzle designs are of the highest laser cut quality. Every puzzle piece has a unique shape that fits perfectly into each other. Unidragon's customers buy their puzzles again and again. To get a special 10% discount, go to www.unidragon.com and use coupon code DRAGONB2. Welcome to episode 52 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 6. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host, Amida, and I want to bring you stories because stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, you are in for a treat today. Our guest for this 52nd episode is a soul coach from Montreal. Yes, you heard me right, a soul coach. She helps those who are stuck with where they are at in life, who feel like they've lost their sense of purpose, who feel unfulfilled, and who don't know how to put themselves first without feeling guilty. Hmm, who don't know how to put themselves first without feeling guilty. Sound familiar? How many of us are in this boat? Claudia will methodically take us through how you can transform a negative feeling slash emotion into a positive one. She specifically speaks about how she in her life converted fear into trust because her story, which you will shortly hear, needed her to do just that. But the tune-in method that she uses with her clients and that she clearly describes in this interview can be easily used to transform any type of negative emotion to any type of positive emotion. So before you begin listening to this discussion, I recommend that you pause for a few seconds and think of the emotion that is holding you back and then think of the positive emotion that will better serve you to move ahead in life. This way, when you hear the process that Claudia takes us through, you will be in a frame of mind that will serve you best. So without further delay, everyone, please welcome Claudia Sam. Hello, Claudia. Welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. It is wonderful to have you as a guest on this show. Can you please start us off by telling us something about yourself? Yes, thank you so much, Hamida. I'm so excited to be here speaking with you. Hmm. Well, my name is Claudia Sam, and I was born in Toronto, Canada. I have traveled all over the world, and I am a soul coach. I support driven women who feel stuck with where they're at in life, who feel like they've lost sense of their purpose, who feel not good enough, and who seek to do things right all the time. And I support them to trust themselves, tune into their hearts, to let go of the inner mean girl talk, and to prioritize themselves, putting themselves on their to-do list without feeling guilty. And I do that using my tune-in method. I started coaching because, I mean, um, we're going to talk about my story, but 
I lived in Nepal as well. And I went to learn to the depths of where I wanted the truth seeking to come from. I wanted to recognize that I had the ability within myself to touch my soul and to hear the deepest parts of my wisdom, but learning it from the Himalayas is a very special very special gift which I am able to bring into my practice and modernize it a little bit of course for the everyday woman who's busy and who has all the things to do. Well let me sneak this in. Three years ago I trekked the Himalayas with my brother and my two children. That was the best vacation that we've Mm. ever had because of, of course, there was no internet. Our phones were aside. We were only with nature. Mm-hmm. And we had Sherpas or people who help you carry the load and cook for you. And it was the yummiest food. Simple food. Nothing nothing exotic at all. I, I can't go on and on. So let me stop right here. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a beautiful experience to be with the simplicity that life can offer you, right? In those mountains and with nature, with no internet or no nothing you can't get anything right away it's that patience at its core (laughs) I agree and it also taught a lot to my two teenagers where they realized that they can get so much more from nature so good Claudia thank you for that introduction can you tell us your story I can't wait to hear your story well I remember always going for the A's in school and looking for the awards, wanting to be the best. I was even the head of the student council and would host all these events and would organize everything in school. I valued myself in how much I accomplished and in how much I had to show for myself. And I remember radio was something that my mother listened to a lot. And so in turn, I listened to the radio a lot. And I won a lot of the things, a lot of prizes on the radio. And one time we won, I I took my mom. We went to, I forget which artist it was, but there was this concert. I was in a huge stadium. And behind us, there were maybe five promotional street team members who started the wave. They started the wave in the whole stadium. So I was looking at them and I was like, I want to be them. Look at them. Look what they have for themselves. They are starting the wave in this huge stadium. This is so cool. And so I wasn't 18 yet, but I went and I applied. I wanted to be a street team member. So I ended up being a street team member when I was 18 on the dot. Uh Uh-huh. It wasn't so glamorous. I had to carry big cement blocks to make sure that the promotional tents wouldn't go away with the wind. And I had to wear these oversized t-shirts, but I got to attend a bunch of concerts and eventually I created my dream job. I wanted to be the coordinator of promotional street team events. And I did, I got my dream job before I even graduated from university. But one time I did 180 hours of overtime and I wasn't paid. And I wasn't compensated for them. And at that point, I was starting to wonder what I was doing this for. Mm -hmm. Even one time it was past maybe like 6.30, let's say my day ended at five, it was around 6.30. And my boss came into my window and he said, what are you still doing here? I said, well, 
my to-do list is so big. <laughs> I have, I still have so many things to do. And he said, your to-do list is going to be there tomorrow too. But I didn't understand that concept. For me, I had to finish everything on my to-do list. I had to go for the next thing and the next thing. I needed to get to the next level in the company. I needed to get to the next job and, and be the face and the leader of everything. I remember even that boss one time, we were on an event that we were organizing and he said, did you have lunch? And I showed him my bottle with my shake in it. I said, that's my lunch. That's what it was for me. I was just go, go, go all the time. I wasn't stopping for myself. I got sick four times a year mm-hmm. and it, I was not listening to my body until eventually I thought changing jobs would help. I changed jobs, but it didn't help. And I ended up at the hospital because I had a panic attack, a huge one that I didn't know how to handle. And I felt like my heart was constricted and I couldn't breathe. And I felt like I was going to die from panic attacks, from stress that I was causing myself by going after validation from all these events I would organize, the title of my job, the hours I would put in. I was staying late at work to feel valuable and successful, but I, it eventually took me to burnout and feeling exhausted. That sounds like everybody's story, Claudia. It really does. If I look back to what I was doing a few years ago, and I was in your place and you were interviewing me, I probably would have said the exact same thing. Mm. Things have changed for me now, thankfully. But the one thing that I heard different was your manager was not on your side in this case. He was telling you to take a break. He was telling you to slow it down. But it seems like you were really self-driven. <laughs> totally, <laughs> yes. And, and listening to this story again, I realized that it was not important for him that I stayed late. He wasn't thinking I was more successful by staying late, but I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And it's crazy how we can have these lenses of what successful means to us, Mm -hmm. what being good enough means to us and what makes us valuable. So definitely I was not on the same page. I'm thankful that he shared this lesson with me because now whenever I see my to-do list that is never ending, I go, hey, it's still going to be there tomorrow. Hey, Claudia, I am going to put this as life lesson number one in our conversation your to-do list will still be there tomorrow. (laughs) And you know what? One of the things that I didn't learn until the burnout, until I ended up doing yoga, because before then I thought yoga was for lazy people and I didn't slow down. I didn't know what being quiet was. I didn't know what doing nothing was until this happened. But what I've learned is that self-care and what this is what I teach and this is what I coach my clients through as well. Self-care needs to be a lifestyle and you, like Y-O-U needs to, or me, M-E needs to be on the list higher than cleaning the bathroom. And often that's what happens. We put ourselves on the list lower than cleaning the bathroom because we think that if our bathroom isn't clean, we're going to be seen as dirty and people are going to judge us and whatever that is. But putting self-care on the to-do list is doable without feeling guilty. It is. I see it in my clients all the time. So when did that shift come for you? When did you actually shift from thinking achieving many things is success to Mm. 
where you are right now. And the question is, where are you right now? What is success to you? Thank you. The shift happened in yoga while I was crying my eyes out while in pigeon pose because I was for the first time accessing that layer of myself that was stuck for all this time. My body started speaking to me and I started listening for the first time. So that was back in 2013 where I started practicing yoga. And of course, my only goal was to do the handstand. <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking that yoga was all about back then. Like that lens of thinking that's what it is. I saw it on social media all the time. Yoga girl, I would see her and like all her poses and okay, I was misinformed as to what yoga is. So the shift really happened in my own practice and connecting with myself in yoga and Eventually, my boyfriend and I, we've now been together for eight and a half years. We decided to go travel the world. So we left for what was supposed to be a sabbatical year off in 2016. Well, it ended up being three years. We didn't come back to Montreal, in the Montreal area where we lived until late 2019. All to say that when we were traveling, I was seeking I was seeking for something. I was looking for whatever I was here for. And what I realized by living in Nepal, which happened during that time away, is that I was looking in all the wrong places. I was not looking inside of me. And as forceful of, as an experience that living in an, as, or rather like living in ashram can sound like you know, you don't have good internet, you don't have the TV, you, you wake up with the sun, you go to bed just after sunset, you chant mantras, you shift the neural pathways in your brain, you start believing new things about the possibilities of yourself. But most and foremost, you start to hear the messages from your body and you start making yourself a priority and you start befriending silence. That is something I feared so much. That's often why we don't slow down. We're afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of silence. We're afraid of being alone with ourselves. And by being in the ashram, it really put everything in perspective where I wasn't afraid of myself anymore. And so as of that point on, I didn't want to go back working in corporate. And I remember after Nepal, we were in New Zealand and I had to call my boss and tell him I'm not coming back. <laughs> I was so scared. Scared because I'm not going to have income. I did not have a plan. I did not know where I was going. I did not what I was, know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to teach yoga, but it's not $50 a class that's going to make you very rich. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what I thought anyways back then. And so I was scared, but I knew, I knew that's what I had to do. So I remember calling him and saying, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be back. And that, then I felt free. That seems like you went cold turkey on... Or decision to not go back to corporate America. I've had guests who've come and said, have a plan, save every penny. You look at the mirror every morning and you don't like what you see, then you know you have to make a change. But before you make the change, save up, have a plan, and then take that step. Well, you didn't do that. I didn't do that. But what I had learned is to trust. And I trusted that, of course, I was getting good at the unknown. I'd left everything and I, I was traveling and I didn't really know where to and where I would end up. So I had that trust and 
I had some savings, let's be honest. I Mm -hmm. had some savings, but I knew I wasn't going to make the thousands of dollars a month that I was making in, in working in corporate. So trust is a huge quality, but that's what I find becomes easier when we start giving space to our soul to speak and our deepest wisdom to be our friend instead of our enemy. And when people might say, yes, plan your time, plan it ahead. Of course, if you have the luxury to do that, do it. Except I feel that that would be driven by fear, the fear of not having enough, the fear of not being prepared enough, the fear of not having the perfect opportunity or doing the right thing. Whereas fear has been for such a long time, the boss of me. Mm -hmm. Now I don't want it to be the boss of me anymore. So when we learn to tune in to our body and to our soul, we start reversing the responsibilities and the roles so that the fear can step aside, be smaller, and the soul can take a bigger space. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the way I'm thinking about it is that every step in your life, you have this opportunity to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Your choice was to choose between fear and trust. Mm. And you chose trust. So what I want to ask you for the listeners is, can you elaborate on how you can choose trust versus fear? What is it that actually helped you? I want to get to the how. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for asking. The first thing I would say, let's do it in three steps. The first step I would say is being able to acknowledge the difference. Because we might say, but how do I know when fear even steps in? Well, stress is a fearful response. Anxiety is a stressful response. Panic attacks are a stressful response. Saying, I don't know all the time when someone asks you a question saying, I don't know, that's fear. So being able to recognize that it's there would be the first step. Awareness is so key. So my three steps would be how to be aware in three ways. The first way to be aware would be how does the fear land in your body? So do you have back pain? Do you have headache? Do you have lower back pain? Are you bloated? Did you break your ankle? All of these have messages. So being aware of what's happening in the body helps you to notice that there's a stagnation of energy somewhere, Mm -hmm. probably fear showing up. We don't need to know what. We just need to know it's there so that we can shift the energy. And the second way to be aware would be in the mind. When you have a sticky situation, say your boss is asking you to stay later at work. If we use the same example as to how I was, but that was my choice. But say your boss is asking you to do something later. Noticing what is the mental chatter happening? Is it like, oh, I'm not going to be successful if I don't say yes? Who will I be if I say no? That kind of mental chatter to be aware of it so that we can recognize if the inner mean person inside of you is being too mean. Because once we start going, oh, you're there, it starts being more present in a way that you hear it more. And the cool thing about hearing the inner, the inner mean person is that then we can choose to shift it. But if we don't hear it, Mm -hmm. if we go, oh, you don't exist, 
then we're not aware, then we can't shift the energy, then we are in this circle of we might end up sick again, we might have more pain in the body, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The third way to be aware is through emotions. And one of the ways that I found myself, especially when I was working in corporate, I remember someone would say something, I would take it personally, or whatever happened at work, I would want to be emotional, but I wouldn't let myself be emotional because I was not in a safe and supportive environment. I was at work. Mm. So my suggestion in being aware of emotions is to notice whenever you want to be emotional and whenever you're not being emotional because you're afraid that you're going to be weak or that you're going to be judged. And just that awareness on those three levels on the, what's happening in your body, what's being said in your mind, what are the emotions or when are emotions wanting to be felt, whether you are allowing them or not, this awareness is so key to transformation, to growth, to shifting the energy, to moving out of this survival mode that you've created or that you've abided by just because of how you were brought up. Claudia, that's wonderful. You've given us so many, I want to say red flags mm. to understanding and being aware of your fear. So let's now take that on to now that you're aware, how do you convert that to trust? Mm -hmm. So after we are aware of the body, the mind and the emotions, one of the most, so let me tell you then about my tune-in framework, which mm -hmm. is how I work with my clients. So balancing the body, mind and emotions is part of balance, which is the first part of the tune-in framework. Balancing your health on those three levels once you've done that, you move on to connect. Connect is all about those boundaries. What are you saying yes to that you should be saying no to because it's not uplifting you and it's draining you instead? Where's your time, your money, your energy, the people you hang out with? Where is that? And is that serving you or not? So connecting to, to you, to why you're here, to who you are. That's when we go really deep into maybe taking out those beliefs that you're not good enough, that you were not successful enough. If you don't stay late, blah, blah, blah. And then when you get to the third part, which is trust, when you're able to really be in alignment with your body, your mind and emotions on a regular lifestyle basis, meaning you're in line in the grocery store, maybe someone cuts the line in front of the grocery store. The reaction that you have is your choice. And therefore, by balancing the body, the mind, the emotions, you choose how you react. You choose, will you trigger an emotional response in your body just because someone cut you? Or will you choose not to? Mm -hmm. So that, just that is a way to bring in the balance part in your lifestyle. Once you've mastered that, you're able to trust more easily because you fall on the deeper level of yourself, which is your soul. Meaning, imagine it like this. There's five layers of the self. Layer one is the body. Layer two underneath is the mind, the thoughts that I'm not good enough stuff. The third layer is the emotions. Everything that's happening that's being stuck that we're not feeling, it stays there. The fourth layer is all the energy the energy circuit inside our body. Whether you learn it from Chinese medicine or from yoga, there's energy in our body. And then the fifth layer is the soul. So you see how trust basically is the fifth layer. 
trust mm -hmm. happens at the soul level. So if we don't deal with the body, the mind, the emotions, and if we don't recognize there's energy in our body, how are we going to trust? When we step out of the mind and we go into the heart is when we start trusting. Is it, does that make any sense? I think you have very clearly explained the process I can visualize the process. I can see on a whiteboard that there's fear on one side of the whiteboard and trust on the very other end of the whiteboard. And I can clearly see that arrow go from fear to trust. So thank you mm. so much. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> glad it was clear. <laughs> it was. And so that brings us to our segment on life lessons. You've given us a lot of life lessons up until now. I'm hoping you can summarize it for us. What are the big life lessons you have learned along this way that you can share with the listeners? Mm, thank you. The first one that comes to me to share with you is you matter regardless of how people see you at work, regardless of how people see you in your family or in your surroundings, your surroundings, regardless the amount of certificates you have on the wall, you matter and your soul wants you to get in touch with it. That's what, I, that's what I learned. That's one of them. If I was to summarize what we discussed, being able to put yourself on the to-do list so that self-care can become a lifestyle and you can balance your health on the physical, mental, and emotional levels of yourself throughout the day. And not just when you make time and I quote, make time for yourself. A bunch of my clients come to me and they're like, I need to make more time for myself. Yeah. Except self-care doesn't happen in just an hour a day. It happens throughout the whole day. It happens throughout the thoughts that you're having throughout the movements you're making and we're moving all day long. And it happens throughout the emotional flow that you're experiencing in your body and your mind and your energy level of the self. And therefore the term mindfulness, because mm. you have to be mindful about it throughout your day as to how you're feeling and whether you're in touch with your body, mind and emotions. And I would even add to be soulful because mindful, sometimes I feel like we're putting, we're planning it, we're strategizing the way to be mindful. Whereas let's say it like this, what I guess another life lesson is, would be a rhetorical question to you if you're listening, how can you drop out of your head and into your heart? What can you say no to so that you can say yes to yourself? And what is one thing that your body has been telling you that you've been avoiding and how can you tend to that message right now? I love that. Thank you so much, Claudia. Thank you for yeah. being on the show and for sharing all of those tools from your toolkit and your story. Thank you so much, Hamida. I'm so glad I was here with you. And if you're listening and you're scared to make any decision alongside the soul because you've never done it before. You don't know how it is to not make pros and cons lists to make a decision, for example, and you don't know what your heart even has to say. If you're just a little bit curious, don't be afraid to, well, I'm just, I just said, if you're afraid, but feel into your heart right now, whether or not it seems like something you are pulled to do to just reach out, reach out to me, go to claudiasamsoulcoaching.com 
and sign up for my free five-day self-care challenge or join my free be your own inner guide and get out of survival mode training and I'd be happy to connect with you and and see where you fit in the tune-in framework and how we can adapt it to you. And listeners, all of this information is going to be in the show notes. So as I've always said, if any of this resonates with you, do reach out because there is no shame in asking for help. Yes. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you so much. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this dialogue with Claudia as much as I did. As always, here are my key takeaways. First, as I said during the interview, the first and foremost life lesson from today's discussion is that your to-do list will still be there tomorrow. So that I can try and hammer this into all of us, I want to say that again. Your to-do list will still be there tomorrow. Two, you matter. Self-care needs to be a lifestyle. Three, when we learn to tune into our body, into our soul, we start reversing the roles between fear and trust so that fear can step aside, become smaller, and the soul can take a bigger space within us. Four, how do we know that fear has even stepped in? First step is to be aware that it is present within you. And Claudia presented three ways in which you can do that, which are physical, what is happening in your body, mental, What are the thoughts in your mind? And emotional, whether you are allowing your emotions to be felt. Five, second step is to connect with yourself and set those boundaries. What are you saying yes to that you should be saying no to? Because it's not uplifting you and it's draining you instead. And lastly, last step is being in alignment with your body, your mind and your emotions on a regular lifestyle basis. Once you achieve that, you are able to trust more easily. Trust happens at the soul level. On a side note, I enjoy the experience more when I not only learn from the guests I interview, but I also feel that connection with them, which happens with many guests, and I felt it happen with Claudia. This brings us to the end of this episode. I look forward to bring you the next episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. Until then. Be happy, be safe, and be well.